RTHK News. It's one o'clock, I'm Kenny Hodgart. The headlines, Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the government will make the development of financial technology a top priority. Financial leaders from more than 100 institutions have been arriving in the SAR ahead of the Global Financial Leaders Investment Summit and the Observatory says it will consider issuing the strong wind signal number three later today as a severe tropical storm edges closer to the coast of Guangdong. Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the government will make the development of financial technology in Hong Kong a top priority in a video message played at the opening ceremony of Hong Kong's FinTech Week. Mr Chan pledged to help enterprises, especially small and medium companies, gain access to the financial services they need. Mr Chan noted that the number of FinTech companies in the SAR had grown from around 185 years ago to over 800 today. That impressive goal has been powered by Hong Kong's open market, a rigorous regulatory regime, the rule of law, sophisticated infrastructure, and the free flow of capital and information. No less important, we are boosting our financial infrastructure. And thanks to our one country, two system principle, strengthening the connectivity with our country and the world at large. Also speaking at the opening of the event, the head of the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, Eddie Yu, said the development of digital finance would not be at the expense of market security. We need to put in place the right guardrails. And the basic principle is very simple. Same activity, same risk, same regulation. So that digital assets performing similar functions to traditional products should be, should be subject to similar regulations. And that is exactly what we and other regulators in Hong Kong are doing. Around 200 financial leaders from more than 100 institutions have been arriving in Hong Kong ahead of the Global Financial Leaders Investment Summit, which starts tomorrow. Daryl Chan, Deputy CEO of the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, the organiser of the summit, said the event was all about Hong Kong reconnecting and reopening as COVID-19 recedes. Uh, now, Hong Kong as a global uh, business and financial hub, um, I think connectivity or global connectivity um, is so important that um, it underpins the success uh, of Hong Kong. And unfortunately, I think because of COVID in the past three years, uh, many of these leaders have not been able to set foot in, in Hong Kong. And Hong Kong being a very important contributor to their um, revenue and profit, uh, not just for Hong Kong, but also uh, because Hong Kong is the regional head uh, headquarters. So I think there's every reason for them to actually come to Hong Kong to see what's really happening here. What we are organizing at uh, the summit, um, I hope it's a strong message to the world that we are reopening. The observatory says it will consider issuing the strong wind signal number three between 4pm and 7pm today as a severe tropical storm edges closer to the coast of Guangdong. The forecaster said that under the combined effect of storm Nalje and northeast monsoons, strong winds are prevailing offshore with occasional gales on high ground. Local winds will, will further strengthen tonight. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says he doesn't think it will take it will make much difference to the city if COVID travel restrictions, such as the testing of arrivals and restrictions on their movements in the first few days, are dropped. 
Hong Kong's daily COVID caseload has hovered around the 5,000 mark for weeks. Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong told RTHK that travel measures were only critical for regions trying to stay at zero cases, such as Macau and the mainland. In Hong Kong, we've got 5,000 cases a day. Travel measures are not critical to us. They really don't do much except cause disruption and cause enormous cost actually to the city. So I don't think there's a risk associated with stopping the on-arrival testing or the the post-arrival testing. And I don't think there's really any risk associated with dropping any of the other travel-related measures in Hong Kong. And I don't understand what the idea is about what these measures are stopping from happening. The South Korean president, Yoon Suk-yeol, has visited an altar in the capital, Seoul, to pay his respects to the victims of Saturday's Halloween stampede. More than 150 people were killed and dozens injured in a narrow alley in the popular Itaewon district. The BBC's Nick Marsh is in Seoul. It's Monday morning here in Seoul, people going back to work, back to school and really trying to come to terms with what happened on Saturday night. We know that the identification process of the bodies is complete. That was made a lot quicker given the fact that South Korea issues government IDs to all citizens uh, aged 17 and above for those aged under 17 or foreigners and we think around 20 foreigners are among the dead. That process was made a little bit more difficult, but we do think that process is now complete in terms of identification. Philippine officials say the number of dead from Storm Nalji, which hit the country over the weekend, has risen to 98. Dozens more were injured. Most of the casualties on the southern island of Mind- were on the southern island of Mindanao, which experienced severe flash flooding and landslides. The storm affected a wide swathe of the country, making landfall five times. Bridges, roads and crops have been destroyed. The Philippine president, Ferdinand Marcos Jr., was due to inspect affected regions near the capital, Manila, today. The authorities in the Indian state of Gujarat have promised a full investigation into the collapse of a pedestrian suspension bridge. At least 80 people are known to have died and it's feared the number will rise. Divers are continuing to search for survivors in the Machu River over which the 230-metre colonial-era bridge was suspended. It only reopened for public use last week after extensive renovations. The BBC's Yogital Lamaye reports. The suspension footbridge over the Machu River in the Morbi town of Gujarat was built in the 19th century. It had been closed for renovation for six months and was reopened just a week ago. Local authorities say there was overcrowding on the bridge because of holidays for the Diwali festival. Gujarat is the home state of Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi, who's announced compensation for the families of those who've died and been injured. An investigation will be carried out to find out what caused the collapse. Questions are being asked about whether safety checks were done before the bridge was reopened. An Australian research institute says regional powers poured a record amount of money into the Pacific Islands during the coronavirus pandemic to help them weather its economic impact. An annual study by the Lowry Institute showed financial assistance increased by more than a third in 2020 compared with the previous year. Brazil's left-wing former leader, leader Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, is making a dramatic return to power after narrowly beating the far-right incumbent Jair Bolsonaro in the presidential election. Speaking in Sao Paulo, 
Lula described his win as a victory for democracy that restored his country's reputation. Today we are telling the world that Brazil is back, that Brazil is too big to be relegated to this sad role of pariah of the world. Lula pledged to end hunger and protect the Amazon rainforest. His victory brings an end to Brazil's most right-wing government in decades. Mr Bolsonaro, who was beaten by less than two percentage points, has yet to concede. Lula's victory marks the latest chapter in a roller coaster political career. He left office in 2011 with approval ratings of 80%, but a corruption investigation led to his conviction, which was later quashed. President Volodymyr Zelensky has said Ukrainian forces have repelled a fierce offensive by Russian troops in the eastern Donetsk region. In his nightly address, he said Ukraine's exchange fund had been replenished, which means Russian soldiers had been taken prisoner. The soldiers of the border guard from the CHOP military unit, who are now part of the Ukrainian forces defending our state in the Donetsk region, proved themselves. Today they stopped a fierce offensive by the enemy. The Russian attack was repelled. Furthermore, they managed to replenish our exchange fund of prisoners of war. Mr Zelensky did not say where the clash had occurred. The fiercest fighting in the region has been around the strategic towns of Bakhmut and Avdeyevka. Tens of thousands of people have demonstrated in support of Ukraine in the Czech capital, Prague. The size of the rally in Wenceslas Square dwarfed recent anti-government protests organised by far-right, far-left and pro-Russia groups against the rising cost of living and Czech military backing for Ukraine. These men were at today's demonstration. The demonstrations which took place here a few days ago show that there is some kind of fifth column from Russia which is preparing some kind of regime change, and we're concerned about this. That's why we came here to protest against it. If Putin wins in Ukraine, I'm seriously worried that after some time, when he's recovered a bit, he will continue into other countries and it may be our turn. British scientists have found that Eurasian jays are able to resist temptation and wait for tastier treats, which they say is a sign of intelligence. The BBC's Anjana Gadgil reports. In this experiment, ten of the birds were offered bread or cheese, but their favourite foodstuff, mealworms, was kept just out of reach behind a see-through screen. They were made to wait for varying intervals before being allowed the worm. All the birds waited, although some had more willpower than others. A bird called J-Lo ignored her cheese for five and a half minutes. Others managed just 20 seconds. The study found that the jays looked away from the bread and cheese as if to distract themselves and the birds that waited longer also performed better in a series of cognitive tasks. To sport and Hong Kong's Siobhan Hoi has won another gold at the FINA Swimming World Cup second leg in Canada. The two-time Olympic medalist came first in the women's 100-metre freestyle with a final time of 51.33 seconds. Hohi added to yesterday's victory in the 200 and leaves Toronto with two goals. 16-year-old Adam Mack now holds the Hong Kong record in the men's 200-metre breaststroke. He clocked 2 minutes 7.59 seconds to place 7th in the final, ahead of his teammate Adam Chillingworth, who finished 8th. 
And for, to Formula One, where the world champion Max Verstappen has broken a record by taking his 14th victory of the season at the Mexican Grand Prix. No one has been able to stop Max Verstappen this afternoon in Mexico City. Comes through the final corner, checkered flag is there, and Max Verstappen becomes the driver with the most wins in a Formula One season. 14 for the year for Verstappen, another win for Red Bull, another win for the Dutchman. Two races to go, how many can he win? Verstappen cruised to victory for the Red Bull team, finishing a comfortable 15 seconds ahead of Mercedes driver Lewis Hamilton. At his home Grand Prix, Sergio Perez came third in the second Red Bull car. Arsenal are back on top in the English Premier League after a 5-0 thrashing of bottom side Nottingham Forest. The Arsenal manager, Mikel Arteta, was pleased with the way his team bounced back from their European defeat to PSV last week. We were in control of the game and really happy to be back at the top again. I think individually we were much better and when that happens, I think collectively it's a huge impact and we were right from the off, a different speed, different purpose. And it's not to protect the player, I think this player deserves a lot of credit and I'm happy that they've done it again today. Arsenal's England star Bakayo Saka, who set up the opening goal, was forced off with injury. His replacement, Reese Nelson, scored twice and was surprised to get a chance to play. I thought we were just going to get up normal day, sit on the bench and you never know what happens with football. You're probably one of the best days. I'm delighted for it. I thought we moved the ball so well, especially in the second half. And I feel like this is something the Gaffer wants us to do, implement a playing style that is nice and attractive. And I think like today we showed it. Manchester United are now just a point off the Premier League, top four after a 1-0 win over West Ham United. Marcus Rashford scored the only goal at Old Trafford. In Spain, Real Madrid dropped points at home in a game that saw Tony Cruz sent off. The BBC's Andy Barwell has more details. A late penalty scored by Christian Stuani denied the La Liga pace-setters Real Madrid a victory in a 1-1 draw with Girona. 36-year-old Stuani has become the oldest player to score a league goal against Real at the Bernabeu since 1960. German midfielder Tony Cruz was sent off for the first time in his career during a hectic finish to the game. That point, though, has taken Real Madrid back to the top of the table, a point ahead of Barcelona. A look at the weather, dry with sunny periods. The maximum temperature will be around 28 degrees. Fresh northerly winds, strong offshore and occasionally gale force on high ground. The outlook, it will be windy over the next couple of days. Cooler with showers through tomorrow and Wednesday. The current temperature is 27 degrees with humidity of 48%. And a look at the top stories once again. Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the government will make the development of fintech a top priority. Financial leaders from more than 100 institutions have been arriving ahead of the Global Financial Leaders Investment Summit and the observatory says it will consider issuing the strong wind signal number three later today. The news from RTHK. On your radio and live online, this is The Brew Till Two.
Good times and jungle here on Radio 3. Good afternoon to you. 18 minutes past one it is. I haven't forgotten that it's Halloween, so I'm afraid he's back in a few minutes. Our mate, Mr Ireland in Hong Kong, David Costello, he's going to be choosing the tunes and he's going to be telling you all about sound and going to be telling you more things you didn't know that you needed to know about Halloween as it's done in the Emerald Isle. After this, from Shania Twain and Waking Up Dreaming. Do you know I adore you? A million ways to show you. 